Guys, welcome to the show. This is going to be episode number 443 with Steve Chappell of Elk Camp TV. And before we get to this episode, guys, I just want to thank you for your support of this podcast. I appreciate all of the messages that I get either through Instagram or on my email of support of the show. And I, I can see the support that you guys give this show just by the amount of downloads that I get per day and per month. And I appreciate each and every one of you. I want to remind you guys that we have sponsors here on the J. Scott Outdoors podcast, and I want to thank those sponsors, Um, GoHunt.com Insider. If you guys are interested in uh, the best uh, Western hunting tool for research uh, of of anything out there, you need to get a GoHunt Insider membership. They're the industry leader for everything Western hunting between their filtering 2.0 which is the most powerful research tool ever created uh, with the draw odds, which is the most accurate in the industry and the complete coverage of the states and 4,200 units in different seasons, as well as the strategy articles, which give the in-depth analysis and insight. Uh, And then the Go Hunt Gear Shop, uh, just being an insider member and being a part of that, uh, if you use the J. Scott promo code, you're going to get a $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card where you can start spending money immediately. One of the things about the Gear Shop that's so unique is as you buy stuff that you would already buy, you actually get money or credit or points, depending on you know how they call it, back. Um, so it's a great way to buy a you know mattress pad or a backpack or anything that you might already buy and actually get money back. Um, to use to spend uh, on something else. So check out Go Hunt Insider. Uh, use the J. Scott promo code when signing up, and you're going to get a $50 Go Hunt Gear Shop gift card. And they also give away great gear, great hunts, just by being a member. Um, so go check it out. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's K U I U dot com. I want to remind you guys that this Saturday, June 23rd, I'm going to be in Dixon, California, which is just outside of Sacramento. Anybody that's in the area, please come by, and uh, you can you can come by, and they're going to be doing uh, there's six seminars during the day. Uh, Jason Harrison's going to give two seminars. Uh, Paul Bride, who's a world-renowned photographer, is going to be giving a seminar on how to take hunting photos. Brendan Burns, who's the Guidant Outfitter uh, program uh, manager, he's going to be giving a seminar on how to find good hunts. Um, Lance Kronberger from Freelance Outdoor Adventures is going to be doing a seminar. And then I'm going to be doing a seminar on optics, uh, choosing the right optics for a hunt, and uh, field judging. Uh, If you're a J. Scott Outdoors listener, I would love to um, meet you guys. I'd love to connect with you guys, so make sure to look me up. Um, and you can go to kuyu.com to RSVP. They're going to be giving a $250 Kuyu gift certificate at each and every seminar. Um, so all you got to do is sign up. The, the whole event is free. They're going to have food out there. Um, make sure to come out June 23rd. I think everything starts around 10 a.m. Uh, the showroom will be open all day. You can try on stuff. Uh, if you haven't been out there, make the trek over to Dixon, California. Um, I'm going to be flying in from Colorado, so um, you know, come from all over the country. I know they, they're expecting a big turnout. 
um, but you can RSVP um, four spots on the seminar and you can also just show up. So love to see you out there. Thanks, Kuyu, uh, for your sponsorship of this podcast. And I'd also like to thank the Outdoorsman's uh, 1-800-291-8065. Use the J. Scott promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount. You can also go on outdoorsmans.com uh, to redeem that 10% discount uh, there on Outdoorsman's gear. Uh, guys, again, thank you for your support um, on my uh, podcast as well as on my Instagram. If you're not a follower uh, on Instagram, I encourage you to go to J. Scott Outdoors on Instagram. You can always send me direct messages through that account. You can also send me an email at, uh, let's see, jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. Love hearing from you guys. Uh, Steve Chappell is going to answer a listener's question. Uh, You guys have any questions at all, um, send them in. Specifically, if you have elk hunting questions, I'm going to have Chris Rowe and Steve Chappell um, bouncing back and forth answering some of these questions. So I appreciate their support. And uh, guys, let's get right to this episode. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today I have my good friend, Steve Chappell of Elk Camp TV and Chapel Hunting Productions, Chapel Guide Service. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing great, Jay. As always, it's a privilege and a pleasure to be on the podcast with you today. So thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, we've been friends for a long time, but I know the listeners always get a lot of value out of everything that uh, you have to say about elk hunting. Um, Steve, you've got kind of an exciting, I know we've talked a little bit about it before, but you've got an exciting endeavor that you've been, uh, you probably feel like you're right in the middle of it, but us as consumers uh, won't get to see the, the final product here for another couple weeks. Um, tell me a little bit about Elk Camp TV and kind of how that's all come uh, to fruition. Yeah, Jay, it feels like it's been, you know, really honestly a couple of decades in the making, but just all the pieces of the puzzle haven't been there to make it all come together. And finally, you know, in the last couple of years, everything has just has just kind of flowed and fit together, so it's all come to fruition now. And, you know, I've let opened up the lid just a little bit on social media um, as far as the show coming out. Um, haven't really announced any times or anything yet, uh, even though those are in place. I might uh, sneak those out to your listeners today. Um, it, I'm really excited about it because I feel like this show is going to, you know, kind of follow in the vein of the Extreme Bulls DVD. So if people, uh, if guys like those, um, I think they'll like this show even better. Um, as, as we were talking about, this show is still going to be hunting-driven, call-in-focused, encounter-focused with elk. Um, I think the cool thing is um, it's not so much about that I'm so great. It's the fact that we've got a great um, subject, <laughs> animal that we're filming. Elk are just a natural-born movie star. Um, they're super entertaining. I just don't think there's any other animal uh, in the creation that, uh, you know, compares to an elk and just how entertaining they are to watch. So I'm just really excited for the show to air and uh, see what the response will be to it. Steve, you mentioned the Extreme Bulls series, and that's obviously uh, just been an extremely uh, popular elk series, and uh, you've really made a name for yourself with that. And, 
you know, it seems like back in the day when, you know, we were running cameras and getting footage and, and what have you, you know, Primos, I think, did a phenomenal job with their Truth series. Yeah. And in my mind, were truly the pioneers in, you know, making elk videos. Um, I feel like the Extreme Elk series um, that, that, you know, you produced and filmed and what have you uh, took took it, you know, Primos's model, but kind of took it to another level for its time frame in that you really got into the calling sequences. You really had super good, you know, quality call-in experiences where not that Primos didn't because I think they, they did some of the best in the business and for still sure. do. Um, but, but yours, obviously, you know, a lot of the hunts taking place in Arizona. You had the, um, you know, the good experience, the bull screaming. So how much of, you know, trying to take, you know, Primos that, that you know, used to just, you know, be the only one out there and then you started Extreme Bull Series, you know, how much did their influence play on what you were trying to do with Extreme Bulls? And then take that a step further with Extreme Bulls. Obviously, now if you probably watch Extreme Bulls, you go back to the first couple, you probably in your mind think, oh, these are, you know, kind of outdated or whatever. Yeah. How yeah. does that then move into how you're going to do Elk Camp TV? Yeah, um, Jay, you're right on the money. The first thing I will say is that Primo's definitely set the bar as far as how to film elk hunts um, with that three-person setup where they would have a hunter and then a caller back behind and then a videographer with a hunter. That's just the, the way to get the best footage hands down. And, you know, I was um, with Primo's as a pro staffer for about a decade it was back when they were really, um, you know, in that truth two, three, four, five area is mainly where I was involved with them. And, um, yeah, no doubt I learned a lot from them and, and kind of modeled my style of filming elk hunts after the way they did it. Um, you know, make no bones about it, even though they're from the south, they know how to film elk and how to call elk and how to make great video of it. So, uh, you know, I learned a lot there. Um, you know, like you said, I think some of the attraction to my DVDs um, was just the location, the geography of it being mostly centered in Arizona. Um, so all the people out here in the west and the southwest really took a liking to that because of the fact that you've got that attraction of the big bulls in Arizona. The fact that it's a draw and anybody can potentially draw a tag and hunt there since it's public land. Um, so, you know, the bulk of the hunts that we were showing on the Extreme Bulls uh, DVDs were public land hunts, which I think has a pretty big attraction. Um, you know, with, with Elk Camp, it's going to follow along in that same pattern. I mean, you know, a lot of the episodes are going to be Arizona. I think on this first season, exactly half of the episodes will be Arizona episodes, and then the other half will be from southern Colorado, uh, where I have the ranch with my dad, and we do guided hunts there. So there's kind of a mixture of both. So I think guys can relate either way to the fact that they could draw a tag and be on this phenomenal public land hunt for elk, or, you know, they could they could hunt on private land and, you know, potentially book a guided hunt there. So I think it will relate to all types of elk hunters. Um, if there's a difference between extreme bulls and uh, this elk camp show, I think it's mainly in the, in the production quality. Uh, you know, we're definitely using high-end uh, HD and 4K equipment. 
Um, we're, you know, including aerial shots, um, which I think adds a really cool element to the show. Um, something that I think the Extreme Bulls DVDs lacked in a little bit was just narration and storyline to carry, carry it along just so everybody knew kind of what was going on. And um, this, this show, Elk Camp, is definitely not going to lack in that. There's going to be uh, more narrating, more interview stuff, um, you know, like I said, more aerial and production elements, time lapses, that kind of thing. Um, so it's going to have all the good things that Extreme Bulls had, but it's just going to take it up a level, in my opinion. So I think, I think everybody, if, if they loved Extreme Bulls, are going to love Elk Camp. That's awesome. Have you had a chance to um, see the pilot episode um, and uh, are you are you pumped for that first pilot episode? <laughs> yeah, um, I have seen. Um, let's see, I've seen eight of the ten episodes that we're going to air this first season so far. We're still working on the last couple. We'll have those finished up within the next couple of weeks. Um, the show's going to be airing here in early July, and uh, that first episode's going to be an Arizona public land archery hunt. And uh, let me tell you, it doesn't lack for action and encounters. Um, it's just basically call-in after call-in, um, bulls coming to the camera, bugling. Um, it's going to be a really fun one. And then the next one, is gonna, we're going to follow up with an Arizona muzzleloader hunt. And uh, it's a lot the same, a little bit shorter hunt, obviously, because the muzzleloader hunt doesn't run as long. Um, but again, uh, lots of counter encounters, lots of call-ins, uh, ending in a great big bull getting getting nailed down with a muzzleloader uh, on a call-in. So uh, I think everybody's going to love uh, how we kick this off. That's awesome. I'm excited to uh, watch it myself. Um, one thing, are the listeners going to be guaranteed some of that uh, high-quality Steve Chapel calling? <laughs> uh, yeah, if you can call it that. Um, you know, I'm most critical of that of myself. Um, you know, sometimes I think my calling sounds pretty good and other times not so much, but I guess as long as it convinces the elk, that's the main thing. <laughs> but, yeah, it's going to definitely uh, be, you know, in like fashion to extreme bulls where we really focus on the call-ins and the hunting aspect. This is not going to be like a reality show. Um, you know, you're not going to see me brushing my teeth in the at camp or... <laughs> You know, no shirt, no shirtless uh, selfies. Are you doing push-ups or anything? No, no, no. Steve, for that anyway. Steve, we've known each other for dang, seems like over twenty years. I think it has been. I think we met in '96 yeah. or something. Twenty-two years. Um, uh, lots of great stuff. I'm excited about the show. I've got a question here that's come in from a listener. Um, and then we'll come back and kind of finish up talking about some of the stuff with Elk Camp TV. Yeah. Uh, I've got a question here. Uh, Chris Rowe and I had done a couple of podcasts where we were uh, taking some listeners' questions on uh, elk hunts and got a question from Brant Pollock. And I'll go ahead and read you the question. It's, there's, there's several questions in here, so I'll kind of read the first one. We'll, you and I can talk about it, and we'll kind of go through it. Um, it says, Jay, I have some questions that maybe you could cover in a podcast sometime. I just got done listening to the podcast with you and Chris Rowe about late August elk hunting. My wife drew a very good Nevada archery bull tag in the eastern part of the state with nice. hunt dates from August 25th to September 16th. We live five hours away, so scouting will be done, but not every weekend. 
I currently have cameras set up on some good water sources. Having hunted it during the rifle hunt a few years back, I spent some time scouting around the time she'll be hunting so I have a slight idea on places we need to be. I know that after the rut kicks in, the chance of a certain bull hitting the same water consistently will be slim. One challenge we have is that she will be six months pregnant along that time of her hunt. With that, I plan on focusing on blind hunting for the most part. Can we have, yeah. or we can have some pretty physical days too, but not consistently. My first plan is to focus on the early portion of the season and try and kill a bull from a blind. If that doesn't work, I'm hoping to be able to call something into bow range after the rut kicks in. In your opinion, what would be a better plan? I know it depends on water, weather, and other factors. Steve, how would you answer that question with the pregnant wife, six months? First of all, I would say, before you give your answer, Brant, uh, hats off to you. If your wife's six months pregnant and she's still willing to go out there elk hunt, I don't care how good of an elk hunt is, you've got a great wife, for one. Um, no doubt. But Steve, Steve, how would you, with his two-part plan of you know trying to sit early, and then possibly trying to call in later as they get the bugling, your thoughts on his question? Yeah, I think he's right on the money as far as his thinking goes with uh, blind hunting early on. I think that's a great strategy and tactic, especially with his wife being six months along. Um, I don't know what the laws and rules are in Nevada, but if there's any way that y you could, Brant, I would be sure and get a blind in to any water sources that you're going to hunt, uh, you know, plenty early. You know, if you could get them in a week or more ahead of time and, you know, get them brushed in, to where they, you know, the elk get used to it and it's not sticking out like a sore thumb to them. I, I'm sure he's considered that. Um, I really feel like anytime I don't set up a lot of blinds because I'm mostly a caller, but I think kind of that, to me, that magic zone would be right around 30 yards. I kind of feel like if you get something in there really close, 15 or 20 yards, it just is just a little bit too imposing on the water source and the elk can be a little bit put back, you know, taken aback by it when they come in. Um, so, I, you know, I would say 30 yards or so is about that magic zone. Um, I also wouldn't rule out calling during that late August time frame. Um, you know, many times in Arizona and in Colorado, um, the bulls are bugling there in, in late August. So they're, they're kind of ready, and I kind of feel like what shuts them down is when the woods get full of people scouting and getting ready for the hunts. Wouldn't you agree, Jay? And they're banging around and they're blowing calls yeah. at them and just disturbing the woods. And it, kind it of almost seems like the elk elk are ready, but then we we screw them up. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 kind of ready. They're not obviously in that full blown eyes rolled back in their head kind of rut. They still got a little sense about them, but when pressure rolls in they kind of back off the rut and there's kind of a false start there and then there's a real start later on, like right about when his hunt ends there in Nevada. Um, but I feel like a lot of that's going to be dictated by pressure or lack of pressure. And I, I'm thinking in Nevada, there's not a lot of tags. So it could be like, you know, a scenario like you're hunting private land or even a reservation or something where there's the real possibility to call in a, you know, a giant bull there in late August. So, you know, I definitely uh, would not discount that for sure, just depending on, you know, your wife's mobility and, 
and how she's able to get around. Um, but I think no doubt there's the great opportunity with bulls getting ready for the rut, uh, you know, pounding water, wallowing, uh, you know, thirsty drinking water uh, to kill one off of a blind. So I, I, I think he, I think his uh, thinking is right in line. Yeah, and I agree with that. And you mentioned something that's interesting. I think you can get the blind, like you said, too close to the water. Obviously, if uh, Brant's wife is, you know, decent shot out to, you know, 30 to 40 yards, you know, getting just a little bit away. It seems like when you get so close, Steve, I agree, those cows, just they, they can pick anything up. Yeah. Um, you know, we've all seen them where they come to the blind, and, you know, you could hold, you could, you could be doing a dance in your blind, and they don't care. But I've also seen them, you know, there's 15 elk water, and all of a sudden one raises its head up, and boom, they've got you locked, and they blow the whole deal. So I like you, you know, giving them advice to, to move it back, you know, 30 yards. The one thing I might say, too, is, you know, you know, if, if cameras are your thing and if you're allowed to run cameras, you know, run as many as you can and try and get yeah. as much data as you can and try and figure out, you know, okay, well, this, this water hole has, you know, more elk and, you know, some big bulls coming in, but, man, it gets hammered. It's right off the main road. Maybe there's a water hole or a water source, a wallow or something that's off the beaten path that maybe doesn't have as much action, but you're subject to maybe get action that's maybe not have any people pressure. Um, that would be okay. one thing I would say. Um, and then, yep. Steve, you talk about calling and not being afraid to call. Um, I've been around you hunting a lot and um, seen you in a lot of different scenarios. In your mind, like, what is too much calling and, what, you know, what is just right? Um, are you strictly going off of what the elk are doing, or are you actually trying to go above and beyond and maybe just elicit a, a reaction that, you know, maybe the woods are dead quiet and all of a sudden you call them in silent? I'm a little curious on the early season what your thoughts are on calling bulls, you know, that August 25th to even September 16th. I mean, when the hunt ends, yeah. that's still pretty early. Just what are your, what are your thoughts on early season calling? Boy, that's a tough one, Jay. You're right, because it can work either way. You can go out there and blow a call and have a bull bugle in late August and come in bugling, or like you were saying, you could blow the call and have him not react to it as far as vocally, but he could still come in silently and potentially catch you off guard. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm definitely not a passive caller by any stretch. Uh, nor am I super aggressive. You know, I'm not bugling every time my left foot hits the ground, but I'm somewhere there in the middle. Um, and I think unless I'm, like, if I, if I go out, probably my first thing that I would do is I would try cow calling. If that works and a bull bugles to it, I'm definitely going to stick with that, and I'm going to let him dictate to me how much I call back to him. Pretty much every time he bugles back, I'm going to, you know, give him one to three calls back. To, to let him know that he's doing the right thing and keep reeling him in, keep him interested. Um, you know, there's also the possibility that time of year, you know, they're, they're still rubbing their antlers actively. Um, that's a time when they're, you know, those bulls are alone. Um, they're defending territory. Uh, they're aggressive enough that they don't like someone else coming in and getting into their area. So they're going to, a big, mature, aggressive bull is going to defend that, you know, with, with some anger. So I wouldn't be afraid to bugle either to try that. Um, 
you know, most of the time when I call, I want to get a response or I move on. I'm not, I'm not much for patience, but I know there is something to be said for, for blind calling where you're not getting a vocal response. Um, you know, in that instance, uh, you know, I know setting up for, you know, say 20 to 30 minutes in a really good area and just calling, say, every three to five minutes can definitely uh, produce results. Um, so I think Brett's just going to have to kind of test the waters when he gets there and as he goes along in the hunt and just let the elk kind of dictate to him, you know, his calling strategy, how much he calls, what calls he blows. Um, but I would definitely, um, you know, in his instance, uh, you know, have that in his plan to, uh, you know, be, be able to cow call, be able to bugle, be able to be able to do it all. Uh, so whatever works for him and whatever the elk want to hear, he can give it back to him. Yeah, I think that's good advice. The other advice I'd have is, you know, if you're going to hunt with your wife, make her comfortable. You know, whether it's bring a travel trailer yeah. or, you know, stay in accommodations in a hotel. Don't don't yeah. work her just day after day after day, especially with having a child, you know, in her belly and being pregnant. You know, if you have to take an afternoon off, great. If you, if you don't go, you know, don't get up. 10 days in a row at 4 o'clock in the morning, maybe you take, you know, maybe you don't even get to the blind till, you know, uh, and do an afternoon and just plan on sitting afternoons or midday. I mean, whatever your trail cameras tell you, but, Absolutely. you know, you got to remember, Brant, this is, this is her hunt, not your hunt, and uh, you got to make it enjoyable for her, and you got to know that you're blessed that your wife even wants to hunt. Um, I think I've seen it. I, I know other people have pushed their wives too hard and it makes them where they don't even want to do it. So I think yeah. a lot of times you have to remember it's not your hunt, it's her hunt. Make it fun for her. And it might be you don't even get in the blind, you know, till, till you know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And you can sleep in and you can, you know, have some breakfast and enjoy, you know, um, and, you know, if your wife's a real go-getter, that's fine, but still, I've found that, you know, you, you've got to make it fun, so that would be some advice I would give. Brant also has um, a kind of a technical question here, Steve. He says, uh, what's your advice on low poundage, low kinetic energy bow setups for elk? What I plan on for her is a 9.0 GPI arrow. 100 grain head and run either a 50 or 75 grain brass insert. The broadheads I'm looking at would be either a three-blade fixed cut-on contact such as a G5 Montec or something two-blade fixed. Is there anything else I should consider or am overlooking? Steve? I would say Brant has done his homework and he knows his stuff, definitely. Um, I think that G5 Montec is a great three-blade head. Um, you know, he also might consider a two-blade cut-on contact head. Uh, you know, I notice, um, you know, occasionally I see Ted Nugent show Spirit of the Wild, and he's shooting a 50-pound bow, and, he's, you know, he's got low kinetic energy there, but he's shooting a two-blade cut-on contact. I, I can't recall exactly what head it is. But uh, he has very, very good results shooting a two-blade cut on contact. Um, and, I, and, Steve, I used to shoot those muzzy phantoms, that two-blade. I wouldn't put the bleeder blade on and just shoot the two-blade muzzy phantoms, and the penetration on that was phenomenal. 
Yeah, absolutely, because I think without penetration is, is king, and penetration is what, what rules the day in killing an elk. Um, you know, I, I, you know I'm, not, I'm not too crazy opinionated on broadheads, but I really feel like cut-on contact are the way to go with elk. It doesn't sound like Brant's even considering a, you know, a expandable, which I think is good uh, for his wife to, to not shoot expandables because what I see over and over with them is just lack of penetration. Um, I'll even see people shooting 70-pound bows, and they'll shoot at an elk broadside 30 yards away and get half penetration. So, um, yeah, I really think the cut-on contact and, and looking at some two-blade cut-on contact heads, you know, maybe whatever flies best out of his wife's bow and is most accurate would, would serve him very well on that hunt. Good stuff. Well, Brant will have to report back in on the success, and good luck, Brant. Uh, Steve and I will be waiting to hear how you do, and again, make yeah. it fun for her and uh, make her, you know, enjoy the hunt so she wants to do it again, and you'll have a, a lifetime hunting partner, and I think that's good. Don't don't push her too hard. Maybe, you know, let a couple mornings go by and sleep in and, and uh, make, make it as fun as possible. Um, Steve, L Camp TV... Um, it's going to be airing here right after the 1st of July. Um, what can listeners expect, my listeners expect, that are, I'm sure are going to start watching the show, uh, as far as timing? Is it a weekly show? Um, will, what will, be a, you know, will it be shown throughout the week? Um, can people also DVR it? How does it work? Yeah, absolutely. Good question, Jay. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, the first thing to know about it is that it will air three times a week, and I'm going to go ahead and just leak it out and give your listeners the, the times. Ooh, we, we, like, uh, we like exclusive stuff here at the <laughs> Jay Scott Podcast. <laughs> this is exclusive. I haven't even put it out on social. So anyway, the, the premiere date, uh, just the way the calendar falls, is going to make it premiere on Monday, July 2nd. And uh, it will be at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Standard. So that would be obviously noon Eastern Standard Time. So for us out here in the West, be looking for it at 10 Mountain Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time. And then um, it, basically, Jay, it airs three times a week. The same episode will air three times a week for a two-week period. And then it will switch to a new episode during the 26 weeks that it airs. So it will air from, you know, July 2nd all the way through the end of the year. So they can look forward to air three times a week. Um, the Friday airing will be at 11.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which would be Arizona time, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, tw it, that would actually be 12.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. So that would be Friday night slash early Saturday morning, if that makes sense, on Friday night. And then Saturday morning is probably, you know, kind of the, the sweet spot as far as an air time. Um, that would be airing on Saturday mornings at 7.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time or 6.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Saturdays. And it's going to be on Sportsman Channel, which would be, if you have Dish Network, that would be Channel 395, not to be confused with the Outdoor Channel, which is 396. Uh, if they have DirecTV, Sportsman Channel is channel 605. And, uh, yeah, I would definitely encourage them. They can DVR it, which I love to do that. I love to record my favorite hunting shows on my DVR and watch them back at my convenience and my timing because when they air is not always the best for me. So 
I'm able to record them on my DVR, watch them back, skip through the commercials if I want to, um, because basically the format of TV uh, with outdoor TV is you have an episode that's basically 22 to 22 and a half minutes long, depending on sponsorships, and then you're going to have seven and a half to eight minutes of commercials. And uh, I know commercials can be aggravating for guys, but uh, that's that's how the airtime gets paid for. So it's a necessary evil. Sure. Um, but if they record the show, they can just breeze right through and uh, just watch all the action. That's awesome. Steve, um, I've been following along as well your Elk Camp TV Instagram page, um, and it's growing daily. I encourage the listeners to, to uh, check out. That's Elk Camp TV. Uh, become a follower there on Steve's Instagram page. Steve, let's shift gears just a little bit here. Um, obviously, we just got some rain in eastern Arizona um, in this last storm. I had several people send me that uh, around the, the Sholo, Pine Top, Eager, um, Springerville area um, yeah. got pounded. Um, the rest of the state, southern Arizona, got, got some rain. But, I mean, we're still dry. We could use, you know, lots and lots more storms. I hear... You know, this storm is kind of odd because it's, you know, 15th, 16th of uh, June, about two and a half weeks early for monsoon. I, I'm yep. hearing that we are expected to have a wetter, than, uh, wetter monsoon than normal. In your mind, um, you know, a shower like this, if it could be followed up in a week with another great shower, um, what, are your thoughts? what are your thoughts on conditions? Yeah, I'm very encouraged by this. And first of all, I would say, like you said, this was a storm outside of monsoon, so I'm going to call this a, a God-caused storm. <laughs> and I'm very thankful for it uh, because it was, you know, very, very needed and, and, and great timing. Um, and I do like that, like you said, that there is supposed to be a wetter-than-normal monsoon, which we desperately need. Um, you know, the bulls are, the bigger bulls are pretty well along with their antler development already, so it's going to be interesting to see. Um, you know, I believe probably overall it's going to be a lower than average antler growth, but, you know, the main thing, I've talked about this with you before, the main thing that I love about elk hunting is the calling interaction and, uh, you know, they're, they're bugling. And so what I'm hoping for is that we have great monsoon storms. It greens everything up this summer, you know, as we get into, into July and August. And we roll into September with, you know, great feed and the elk get healthy, the cows especially get super healthy, and then we go into the hunts uh, and have a normal rut cycle, cows in estrus and bulls screaming and, you know, us able to go out there and interact with them and, and have some great call-ins and some, some fun times. So I think uh, all things considered with the poor winter and the poor spring, I think everything could still be salvaged. So... Uh, that's what I'm hoping and praying for and, and expecting, to be honest with you. Uh, that's great. Me too. Um, we, we can always be optimistic, and it is what it is. We can't change it. And um, uh, hopefully this storm, you know, I know the eastern part of the state, it looks like a lot of places got over an inch in, in places, so that's good news. Uh, yeah. And it's always exciting, you know, the summertime moving in, you know, thinking about, uh, the rut and elk bugling, and that was one last question I was going to ask you, and then I'll let you go. Yeah, being you know, you and I have done so much in Arizona. Um, we used to be partners in the guide business in Arizona. We we've really done a lot of focus in Arizona. Do you think, in some way, with the 
quality of bulls that we have in Arizona and, you know, mixed with the quality experience. So because they limit the number of tags that are given in Arizona, it allows those bulls to get older. It allows those antlers to get bigger. So you've got that aspect of it. But then you also have yeah. the fact because they limit the tags, it also makes in a lot of units and definitely in, you know, the five or six or seven premier units in Arizona, it makes the experience better. It makes the bugling, the interaction, yes. which we've been able to witness on the Extreme Bulls videos. Um, my question is, do you, as someone that loves the interaction and loves cow calling, bugling, you know, getting bulls to come in and, and respond and getting that great footage, do you feel sometimes torn between being in a state and, you know, guiding in a state uh, for so long that has such big antlers? Um, do you feel like you're somewhere caught in the middle between big antlers and lots of action? And I'm just curious your thoughts on how that dynamic plays out. Yeah, I think I would always lean toward more action. Um, you know, of course, I just like the next guy. I love big bulls. <laughs> no doubt, I, I, I love seeing those 350 and better bulls, uh, which are more and more, you know, rare in Arizona, even in our better units. Um, but, yeah, I would say I, I lean more toward, uh, you know, just the interaction. That's what does it for me. Um, if I could be on a hunt where we were calling in multiple bulls a day, versus being on a hunt where the encounters were few and far between, but with bigger bulls, I'd probably lean toward the, the more action uh, type of hunts. And I think Arizona is, you know, the best of both worlds in, in that regard. Um, you know, in my experience, like we've talked about before, I think there is a marked difference between, you know, the, the best five or six units and most of the other units. You know, there, there can be exceptions here and there in those other units, but on the whole, um, if someone draws a, you know, mid-tier to lower-tier type unit, um, I always tell guys to show up with the mindset to be in it, to win it for the whole hunt, that sometimes you can go three, four, five days without good bugling, and you have to capitalize on it when it's there. Um, and then by contrast, in units, you know, like 9 and 1 and 3C and 23 and, you know, 10 for the most part, you're going to have pretty good consistent bugling and rutting activity uh, because they manage those units for higher bull-to-cow ratio, overage class of bulls, and many times uh, those units are bordered by Indian reservations. Um, so, you know, the bulls are able to grow up there and, and get older um, and then escape, uh, you know, after the rut and go back there and miss out on the late rifle hunts many times. So, um, yeah, I just think Arizona is the best of both worlds, and that's why I've loved being there every year since the 90s when you and I met back in 95, actually. And uh, mm -hmm. I, there's just, I, I, I cannot think of, the, of, of ever going as long as I'm physically able to do this. Um, God willing, I'm going to do it the rest of my life. <laughs> hey, someday I'll, we'll, we'll help push each other in our wheelchairs out there so we can hear an elk bugle and we'll cow call them into the wheelchair. That'll be fun. Yeah, I'm hoping that you know, Lark continues to develop newer and better <laughs> machines that we can get around on in the Elk Woods, Jay, as long as we well, can do that. <laughs> we're still a long ways from that. I don't want the listeners thinking we're already giving in the towel, but, uh, right. yeah, there's, there's something about elk bugling. Um, and then I'm going to let you go here, but i got one last question. I know you always have something up your sleeve. 
um, your, your matriarch and trophy wife, uh, external read elk calls, uh, just phenomenal calls. The trophy wife, you know, the, the trophy wife has the plastic barrel. The, the matriarch has the wood barrel. They both have different sounds. Um, I go back and forth as to which one's my number one, which one's in the starting lineup. They're both in the starting lineup, but usually the trophy wife usually gets the edge sometimes. <laughs> um, but it's always changing. Do you, do you have any have anything else up your sleeve? You got anything else coming out? Um, and I'm not. This isn't a baited question because I don't even know the answer. Um, or are you are you still blowing the matriarch and the trophy wife? Man, Jay, you're so good because I would have forgotten about this completely, but you always pull this out of me. Um, matter of fact, there is something in the works. Um, I knew it. You're such a sneaky little sucker. You got <laughs> okay. What do you got? The other here's the other shocker. It's not a cow call. It's a beautiful what? Grunt. It's a grunt tube, Jay, and it's phenomenal. Um, I am so happy with it. I, there's not anything I would change about it. The sound is so good on it. I'm going to be carrying it this fall, um, so it will be on Elk Camp, the episodes in 2019. Um, and the crazy thing, people uh, probably relate to me mostly as a cow caller, but on this season of the episodes of Elk Camp, they're going to see that I call in quite a few bulls with bugling. Um, it just it just so happened to the, the the encounters that I had with the bulls. It just ended up being that bugling uh, worked out better in, in many of those encounters. But uh, along that same lines, yeah, this new call that we're going to come out with um, in association with Rocky Mountain Hunting Calls is uh, is going to be a bugle, going to be a grunt tube. Awesome! I can't wait. To, well, if, if you're behind it and you're you're the one tinkering with it, I know it's it's going to be good. Um, that's Jay, exciting. It's so nice. Yeah, it's so nice for, um, for, for lip balling, for just doing regular bugles, for chuckling and grunts and everything. It just, it's, just, it's just perfect for all of that. I know that sounds kind of crazy and maybe a little bit gimmicky, but it just really is. It just really um, is, the design is right uh, to be great for all of those sounds. It's just a very complete grunt tube. So it, it gets the plastic sound out of it, and it's got a lot of, of more realistic, throaty kind of resonance to it? Yeah, it's just, it's very three-dimensional. Um, it, it, it retains that good back pressure that you get, like with the bully bull tube, um, but you're able to lip ball or display bugle. Some people call it that, you know, where you're buzzing your lips. You're able to do that very well, but it still retains that good back pressure. So you get can get those real high ringy tones, real three-dimensional sounds, and then you get that, um, you know, that sound with the grunts and chuckles like you're blowing into a 50-gallon drum. So, Sweet. Um, Sweet. I'm, good stuff. Very, That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I encourage the listeners to just blow up Steve's Instagram and email asking them where they can get that call. I assume it's not out yet, but I'm sure Steve will let us know. Um, Steve, it's always... What? 2019. It'll come out in 2019. Awesome. Awesome. Well, sounds good, buddy. Well, um, I look forward to the episodes of uh, Elk Camp TV. I'm going to go down and have Gene right now. Um, do you know if it's trackable yet on uh, DVRs? Can can you look it up, or it, um, you know, can I go tape it right now or not yet? 
I'm sorry, Jay, I don't know that. I don't think you can just yet, but I would think anytime soon because I know I know for a fact that seven of the episodes are already uploaded to the network, so I think that would be very soon that you'd be able to find okay. it and uh, get your DVR set. Okay, sounds good. Well, uh, thanks for answering Brant's question, and thanks for coming on and sharing with us. It's always great having you on. Um, and do you have, um, are all your hunts full, or do you have any any hunts that you need to make a shout out? If 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 you got any openings anywhere, or are you pretty much booked up? Yeah, you know, um, we always have availability for early rifle and early muzzleloader hunts. For sure, we're wide open on that. Um, I know those hunts. There's not a lot of tags, so there's you know not a lot of people with those. Um, but if anybody has a, a you know an early rifle or early muzzleloader hunt, we're wide open for that. Uh, you know, as well as some archery hunts, um, you know, like in Unit 9 or Unit 10, we'd be wide open for that. So, um, yeah, I appreciate that. All right, buddy. Well, God bless, and um, we'll uh, hopefully we can chat again here once the show comes out, uh, maybe a couple episodes in. And uh, I'm proud of you and appreciate all the hard work you do and all the value you provide. And I encourage the listeners to check you out. Uh, ch- uh, chapelguideservice.com uh, as well as Elk Camp TV uh, on Instagram. Uh, also, I believe you got Facebook as well, right, Steve? Yeah, basically my Instagram posts are, you know, just follow through to Facebook, and that would be at Chapel Guide Service on Facebook. Okay, but uh, Yeah, I really appreciate, as always, Jay, you having me on. You know, it's such a great time to be on here with you. Um, our friendship goes way back, and I really appreciate that. I've learned a lot from you over the years and, um, you know, give you a lot of credit for being where I'm at and your support in it. And I really appreciate your listener support, and um, I, I, I value their feedback once the show starts airing. I hope to hear from you guys. And I just hope you really, really enjoy it because I, I do this for, for you, not for my glory, but for the glory of God and, and uh Hopefully, the you know your listeners will love the show and can relate to it, and uh, that that would be great. That's awesome, buddy. I I'm one of those. Uh, I don't know if I told you, but I've got uh, two doll sheep hunts uh, coming up this summer. I, I I actually bought a hunt in the Northwest Territories with Arctic Red River here in July, and I applied like I do in Alaska and drew the only non-resident tag uh, on Peters Creek in Chugach, and that's in August. So I actually have two doll sheep hunts that I've been training for and prepping for, and uh, once I get through those, my mind will probably shift immediately to elk. Um, but this summer is a little bit different for me. I've never been doll sheep hunting, so I'm excited for both uh, uh, encounters and circumstances. And uh, then we'll that's shift fine. very quickly to... to to want to hear an elk bugle. So, all right, buddy, God bless you. I'll catch you later, okay? Thanks, Jay. God bless. Thank you again. All right, bye. bye.